Hey, Tom, how's it going? It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while, I think. February, I think, early February maybe. But yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's probably one of these Champions League games. Yeah, it might have been something like that. It was probably, yeah, not a great result that night either. We won't have any more Champions League games to talk about this season, sadly. Or any exciting games at all. After United's exit. Or any exciting games at all. Well, there's, there's Liverpool, Chelsea and Arsenal mm. in our hunt for the Arsene Wenger Memorial Trophy, fourth place. Yeah, so, our experience in those kind of games has not been very exciting, though. It's not been good. Someone yesterday, I called it that yesterday on Twitter, and someone said, he's not dead. It's like, he's been dead since 2005. <laughs> well, 2004 was when he last won the Premier League and was relevant. So, mm-hmm. Anyway, let's not get into Arsene Wenger bashing, <laughs> just for the sake of it. God, that was frustrating. You were at the game. What was the atmosphere like? It sounded like it was rocking on the TV. Yeah, it was It was super good. It was amazing also to see from about 10 or 15 minutes before kickoff that the crowd was almost full at that point, right. which isn't always the case at Old Trafford. Um, and yeah, rocking well well before the kickoff. Athletic and Madrid fans are really noisy as well, which always makes it better, always makes it yeah. like when home and away are going at, at, at each other. And I guess the ref also added to the spice because I thought he was absolutely abysmal. But yeah, it was was. amazing. It it felt like it could be potentially a special European night, but it definitely wasn't. You know, with the ref, I I actually don't think for Atletico's goal, let's try that again. With the ref, I don't think for Atletico's goal, that was, I, I don't know whether that was a foul or not. I mean... Let me know your opinion, but I just thought it was one of those ones where they're being physical and Fred went down. And But it was everything else. It was the playing into their time-wasting and their spoiling tactics and the fact they called every single thing as a foul and just allowed them to ruin the game, which is Atletico's MO, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it's the inconsistency which got me. Like you say, for almost every Atletico touch, every touch that we had on an Atletico player, they went down and they got a free kick. And then for the Alanga one, I agree with you. I think it was soft. It would have been a soft free kick. But they were getting soft free kicks all get, all game. So if he was consistent, he would have given a foul there. On reflection, like you True, say, yeah. it, it isn't a, I don't think it is a foul. I don't think we can be too upset with that. We can be more upset with our defending, which there's, I think, three yes. or four individual errors leading to that goal in terms of marking, especially Dalla at the back post and probably potentially Alanga not coming back to cover in that position as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was Alanga that went down, wasn't it? Not Fred. Yeah, it was Alanga because yeah, Alanga yeah. kind yeah. of burst down that right-hand side for probably the first time in the game. But it, it was just so many little, like you say, just playing into Atletico's hands. And even with Alanga's header where he got there before Oblak, he didn't do anything wrong at all and still conceded a free kick out of that. Yes. It's, it was just awful. And then, like Ranić said after the game, adding four minutes on after all the time wasting and the referee looking at his watch and saying, yeah, I'm adding this time on. I'm fully in favour of the 60-minute countdown clock that they're trialling right now. I know it would be, it'd feel like a completely radical cultural change mm-hmm. for football, but if you look at the data, there's fewer and fewer minutes played. Yeah, And we're getting down to like sub-50 minutes in some games. It's like a half of football. So I think we are, we are robbing the public, mm-hmm. and it would stop that kind of, I mean... Atletico want to spoil the flow of the game anyway, yeah. so they may well have behaved like that anyway. But the, the time-wasting element would just be removed immediately because every time there's a free kick, the clock stops. Yeah, they would have. Atletico would have to change the way that they play because they've been like that since the whole time under Simeone. 
Like I used to yeah. find it quite exciting initially when they first came out because it was such a not. It, you don't often see top sides play like this, like a Burnley or a, like a, a team scrapping around at the bottom of the league. And it was quite exciting to see them take on the big boys in Barcelona and Real Madrid. But now it's become so tiresome over the past few years because it's just so annoying, especially when it's against your own team. Yeah. And last night was just a prime example of that. Like they score a go ahead and just break the game up. It's perfect. It's perfect Atletico. I, I always think with Atletico, and they've not had a great season really, but they always make the opposition look good. And that first yeah. half, you come out of the first half thinking, oh, you know, actually weren't bad. Mm. We played all right. But what did we have to show for it, really? We had the Alanga header that hit O'Black in the face. Yeah. It's unlucky. Anywhere else it goes um, in. It's. I'm not sure that's great goalkeeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anywhere else goes in, right? It's just too close to him, too quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is unfortunate, but for all that possession in that first half, not a lot to show for it, really. No, there was the Bruno effort, wasn't there, which was, a, well, Old Black actually made a bit more of a meal of it than he probably should have done just after they scored, just before half time. But that was really it, and it was we were kind of, we had a lot of free kicks, a lot of corners throughout the game, to be honest. But like you say, in that first half, for all, well, Ranić even said after the game we played well in that first half. We kind of did, but then they obviously scored and they had that goal disallowed, which was really, really close. Like, it, we were lucky and Harry Maguire, when he goes wandering into midfield, <laughs> I don't really know the reason. Like, we were kind of lucky it wasn't more. And yes. like I said, we did have a great chance through Alanga and, and he puts that away. It's a completely different game, but he doesn't. I mean, just it did feel like that Atletico were playing their game and we were getting sucked into it. Mm-hmm. And there's no space behind them. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Bruno had a bad game. Yeah, He just wasn't able to create. And he's the main orchestrator of everything. And when United don't quite function like that and aren't quite creating, Ronaldo comes deep. And they just, mm-hmm. they just get into each other's zones all the time. And it's just so, it got to the point. It was worse towards the end of the game. But it was true in the first half as well that Ronaldo comes deep to get the ball. He crowds out Bruno's zone. Bruno often goes ahead of him into like a false nine position. So there's no creator. Harry Maguire steps into midfield. So you get effectively get Fred, Harry Maguire, and Scott McTominay as the attacking triangle. And should we be surprised don't create anything? Yeah. It, it does seem a mess and it feels like there's a lack of individual discipline there. I, I always worry, and we talk about it on the show a lot, about United's mental capacity and the fact that they collapse so easily. <laughs> but it's also, and they are gutless, honestly, as a group, just feckle. But it, it's also like a discipline. And I'm sure, Ragnick is a systems coach, and I'm sure he's given them really detailed coaching. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't feel like they're taking it on board. No, and... It almost looked like a tactic, Ronaldo, coming out to out deep and into the wings and collecting the ball from afar because he was doing it so often. However, it it wouldn't make sense if it was a tactic because it just wasn't working. Like you say, it was crowding right. out Bruno Fernandes. You think to the weekend where Ronaldo was at his most effective, well, we weren't great at the weekend either, but Bruno wasn't playing. So can those two play together? It used to be said a lot about the time in Portugal they didn't get the most out of each other when they did play together it's a good question but then yeah and and also maybe was Bruno fully fit did he still have potentially hangover from his 
from his illness from the weekend. I don't know. I mean, he got a clear COVID test. Maybe that's why he came off. Yeah, but it might be. It might well be. Yeah, lingering on. Yeah, like... no, he was. He wasn't good. Mm. And I mean, Pogba wasn't good at the weekend, so I wasn't surprised that Pogba didn't start. No. For me, the only surprise in the the starting lineup. I, I mean, I think we predicted it on the last show. So the only surprise was Dallow at right back just because Wampasaka was had the shirt. Yeah. I guess he, it's the more attacking option. And so of United's 11 shots, four were from Dallow and two were from Rafael Varane. <laughs> oh Six God. of the 11 and a whole bunch of long range shots. It just goes to show that, um, that United just weren't creating good quality opportunities at all. But yeah, D- Dallow was the only surprise. Yeah, for me, no surprise that Pogba wasn't in, but yeah, maybe as you say, maybe Bruno is still having some after effects. I mean, hopefully it's not too long because he's got a clear COVID test, so it kind of been yeah so infectious. But yeah, it was odd that he couldn't he couldn't create anything and just was lacked his usual dynamism and he wasn't even pressing people. United seemed to have given up on the press entirely. Yes, so yeah, and Ronaldo, I I. I actually really liked his second goal at the weekend. Like, so it's it's a brilliant hat trick. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to praise him, of course, because he's Ronaldo. He doesn't need that. He just looks in the mirror if he wants praise. <laughs> but that one where he taps it in, that's what you want from him. Mm-hmm. He's 37 years old. Yeah, I don't want him roaming all over the pitch. And it's like tactically it's a mess because there's no one at number nine. But also he just becomes less and less effective during the game. But he went back to his old self. Uh, and I think he's just, I think it's ineffective for the team and just, Anyway, it's it's done now, but maybe maybe he'll fulfil his his promise or seeming promise and disappear in the summer. But you also wonder with Ronaldo, like he was very good at the weekend, obviously very effective, and he'd had a, a break before that. He plays. He's thirty seven years old. Yeah, like he's played two games at super high intensity in in what is it four days? Like I know he's superhuman well and his body's in incredible shape and all that kind of thing like he's a superhuman athlete but a 37 year old isn't going to be able to play to his most effective two uh, two games in in four days and that is it's impossible i guess for ranik to leave him out on saturday and play him for this game i guess because of ronaldo's ego but it might have been the idea but i mean you can't really say that when he scores three of the weekend, but it's, it, that's the problem when when you have someone like that. You have to kind of play him every every few days. But is he actually able to play yeah. two games in four days? I don't know. Well, the fact that he'd had that break in Portugal, he seemed refreshed. He did. I mean, he's got a hat trick. I don't know if that that that's a coincidence or not, but he seemed refreshed. It looked like he was refreshed. It, it's a real challenge. I mean, it's, it's posed so many, apart from the ethical challenges, which, you know, I don't know, I can't, I can't get over. Mm-hmm. But it, the tactical challenges for United that Ronaldo's caused, I think it caused, cost Oli his job and has cost United more than he's gained. I mean, he's got 18 goals, which is not a bad return, honestly. Second top goal scorer in, in the March. league as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, ju- juiced by lads, it's Tottenham yeah. a little bit. <laughs> but it's just, it, I know it's a contradiction and he's got all those goals and without those goals, United probably wouldn't have been playing Atletico in the round 16 yeah. or, or whatever. But the tactical challenges just feel too many. And he just, he, he, it's not him alone, just doesn't feel tactically disciplined and he definitely doesn't suit Ragnick's style. And he wouldn't see, suit Pochettino's style either. No. Um, so it's a big question for whoever comes in Next, I, mean, I, I do think this is a bit of an aside, but Pochettino, Ten Hag, and Ragnick all out <laughs> yeah. in the same round. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, 
Oh dear. That's, oh dear. That, Maybe we can move on to someone else. That Ajax resort was a very Man United kind of resort as well. Well, losing at yeah. home. I mean, apparently they yeah. were really good in the first leg, but apparently last night they were very poor. Pretty bad. Yeah. I I didn't. I only saw the last two or three minutes of that after the United game had finished. So shame for them. But we'll see with Ten Hag. Was... Well, especially after the group stage where they won six games out of six. Yeah, that's right. They looked like a really good side. Yeah. They're, they're top of the Eredivisie, aren't they? With ridiculous record as well. They score huge amounts of goals and concede hardly any. Yeah. I mean, can, like concede. I, I can't remember what the number is, but I think it's single digits. Yeah, it was last time I checked. It might be above now, but I'm not sure. Yeah, impressive either way. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I hardly know what else to say about this game. It's just so. I mean, it's it's disappointing, but there are European games that have been far more disappointing, and it's not crushing because I. I wasn't that confident. No, neither was I. And I think people underestimated Atletico Madrid a lot. Like, they say, oh, they've not had a great season, which is very true. However, they did win the league last year, and they are so savvy in European games. And they've won, like, four or five on the trot. I mean, they've come into form at the right time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, they've found another gear. They've found probably their best team. Like, Suarez isn't getting in the team anymore. Like, like they've brought players in, and, and those players seem to be doing... The, the right job and and like I say they're, they're so savvy in Europe they've knocked out Liverpool at Anfield a couple of years ago before the, the last game before Covid yeah. well we did have Covid at the time but for some reason our government didn't shut the country down I know, I know. mega spreader mega super spreader event that was yeah Love same week as Cheltenham yeah 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 but they are I whoever they play in the next round they're going to cause them a problem just because of the way they play and like they go 1-0 up against you they are going to foul you all the time. They're going to break up the rhythm of the game. They're going to make it frustrating. And we haven't got the mentality to deal with that frustration. Like like we've spoken about no. previously, when usually when things go bad against us, we crumble. We just disintegrate. We didn't at the weekend, but today, like yeah, last night, we eventually just played without any shape. And I think maybe yes. that is a little bit of Ranić's fault as well with a couple of the subs he made, like bringing... Sure, he tried to throw everything at it, yeah. but it United just lost everything, all their shape. I mean, look, talking about Atletico's discipline, there's no way they would have conceded that goal. No way. No. Two chances to block across, and the right back would have. I mean, Ladero is a better right back than Dallo. Trippier was a much better right back than when he was playing for Atletico. There's no way they conceded. I mean, I was screaming at the TV in the build-out that, like, <laughs> literally shouting, "It's you know." The man, the man. Yeah. Like, he didn't see him once. Didn't even look over his shoulder. It just his body position was so bad. Like just literally, like as your defender, you surely got to square up at least to try and see the rest of the pitch, yes. rather than just look where the ball's going and then watch it sail over your head and then realize at the last minute there's a guy there who's about to nod it in. I mean, the switch to play when you're playing wing backs is is the out ball always. Mm-hmm. It's a tactically. And and I guess United has shifted over. I mean, like, they're all out of position. Harry Maguire's out of yeah. position. Rafael Varane's out of position. Yeah. Tellez doesn't get over to the cross. <laughs> I mean, he's done by a simple back heel because they're overloaded there. So it's a horrendous goal to concede. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And they basically scored a similar goal just before that. <laughs> yeah. From down the same wing to the same back post. Yeah, which is an inch offside. And surely that's got to be a warning shot. You'd think so. The, the one thing I would say... At the ground, it was really weird because, and I saw 
uh, Wayne tweet about this as well. There was a, like a medical emergency going on in our corner and all the players, all the fans were trying to just basically get the game stopped. So like, not, it was just really weird because I didn't even, I didn't actually see the goal in real time and loads of people around our corner didn't either. Thankfully, the guy was completely fine. But yeah, it was a very weird moment in the stands. And like I said, right. Wayne tweeted about it at the time. It was very, very odd and quite scary. Yeah, scary. It's the yeah. 10th anniversary of Fabrice Mwamba collapsing on the pitch. Oh, remember really? That? Yeah, yeah. That was horrendous. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've had a few famous ones of people having heart attacks, like Chrissy Narickson, mm -hmm. who's playing again now. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a surprise. I, didn't, I guess the referee didn't notice. He didn't get a shout in his ear. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, people were trying to shout him down, but, like, why is he going to... He's probably just going to think it's, like, a chant or something. Why would he expect the crowd to be, like, trying to get him to stop the game or whatever? Yeah. But, yeah, like, at the time, it's, like, a guy... Uh, I thought a guy's basically dying in the corner. Like, there's kind of bigger things that are going on here when they kind of score, but thank thankfully he was completely fine. So where does this, where does this leave United? It's 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 not a good position, is it? I mean, there've been times this season when I've started to feel positive. I've started to feel we're only a couple of players away yeah. here. A manager who can inspire these guys, which seems impossible, but you know, <laughs> maybe maybe someone can. And a couple of players, but then, like I just after after that result, I just the doom takes over. And you look at them and like, how many how many of these players would be in a championship winning side? And I, I know they can't go from this to championship winning, or maybe the championship winning, but the actual Premier League title winning overnight. But there wouldn't be many, would there? I mean, what, Bruno, Rafael Varane, Sancho, Sancho, that's it? Yep. Sure, maybe. Maybe Luke Shaw on top form. Yeah, on top form. Yeah, which he yeah. hasn't, which he hasn't been all season. De Gea, I so guess. Maybe De Gea. I mean, his his post shot xG versus actual goals is 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 huge, right? So he's mm -hmm. saved United like ten more goals than expected. Yeah. And but he he could just he's got even worse at coming off his line over the years. He has he just won't do he's it. He's a goalkeeper who would be amazing at five aside but but doesn't yeah. have doesn't have to do anything else he doesn't have to kick he doesn't have to come out of his box like he's the he would have been a great goalkeeper well, actually he wouldn't have been a great goalkeeper in the 80s because he's not a great coming for crosses and he's not no no he'd been absolutely battered in the yeah, maybe maybe in la liga or something yeah but yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, 80s yeah. when everything was in the air yeah exactly so like he's like I, i've I play in goal, and I'm very much like De Gea. I'm good at five aside, but anything that involves anything else, like being physical or, or yeah, coming off my line, or I'm okay at kicking. But like De Gea is just, he just, yeah, it looks like. Well, imagine like him in a Guardiola team with his kicking. He'd have been left out the the, the place like yeah, Joe Hart. He just wouldn't get. He wouldn't be in the team. No. He'd be on the bench for sure. In like for all his brilliance. Yeah. It, yeah. Stop. It. And he's a couple of great saves yesterday as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From De Gea, the, his kicking is his kicking. I like. I felt when I first saw him play for Atletico, I was absolutely convinced he was going to be brilliant, and I was yeah. like so defensive of him when he was getting all that. <laughs> yeah, me too. When he first got into the team, I was like, no, no, this guy's going to be the best. I just, I could just, my eyes told me this. 
and <laughs> I mean, I can be like that sometimes, <laughs> convinced of my own opinion, <laughs> even if it's absolute nonsense, of which there are hundreds of episodes of evidence of <laughs> absolute nonsense I talk. But I was convinced this guy was the best. And, and it felt like his distribution was good, mm. but of course he's been completely surpassed in that by uh, keepers like Allison and Edison yeah. and... Yeah, he's he's just a, he feels um, a keeper from another age. Yeah, but anyway, I just I I'm in a bit of a obviously in a bit of a down mood about it, and I look at this United side. I'm just we need three or four absolutely perfect windows plus a great coach, and I don't know who that great coach is because the two best in the game, Guardiola and Klopp, are unavailable, and the third best is probably Tuchel. We could he might be him. available. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, I know it's it's a popular theme at the moment. I don't see why Chelsea would let him go, though. No. Because they couldn't sign anyone else. They're not allowed to sign any contracts. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they can't accept any money. So it seems uh, it seems unrealistic. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's Dan often says it. United should be out there getting the best of the rest. Whoever's the next best or the next best up and coming. Who's going to be the Klopp of the next decade? We should identify that guy. Yeah, Nagelsmann probably is at and Bayern. getting him in. But it just feels like such a big rebuilding job, especially with so many of these players leaving. I mean, Cavani, Pogba going. Lingard didn't play yesterday. He's going for sure. And there's, there's a bunch of others who want out and probably should just be allowed to go mm-hmm. if they don't want to be part of it. It's just mega rebuild. I feel like I, I said this when into about four or five games into Ranić's tenure. I feel like we, well, I, th- I felt like at that point we were kind of a golf, like a golfer going through a new swing, where they have to go backwards to go forwards. However, yes. I feel like we need to go very far back to, and it, we need to completely work on our squ- swing, like every single part of it. And that is going to be very, very difficult. It's fine for a golfer because they don't have a huge fan base who gets on their backs when when they're coming 60th in a tournament. Whereas if United go back to a little bit like Arsenal have done recently where they've gone very, very poor, didn't even qualify for any any European competition last season and looked the better for it this year, like with with their youngsters coming through. I feel like United have to do that. We need to rid ourselves of the egos a little bit like Arsenal have done. However, that is going to cause like huge teething problems. And are the fans going to be patient enough for it? It's going to be difficult. I, I think they would be if, if there's a real signal that that's the direction. Mm-hmm. If, if there, there's an integration of four or five youngsters into the team or some promising players they'd found in the market who weren't quite yeah. ready, given the likely budget which is not going to be good, I don't think, no. looking at the finances and knowing the Glazers. And there's always a problem with that anyway, because like you go, say you do go back and just try and restart it all, you've also got to have faith in the guy you're doing it with, because you could end up going really far back, like, yeah, we're going to have a couple of years of being quite poor, but in a few years we'll, we'll see the benefits of that. You've got to trust that the guys, at, when we're actually going back, that we are going to be able to spring forward. Yeah. I mean, fortunately... Like assuming Pochettino's leaving mm-hmm. Paris Saint-Germain cause, because you know, he's got another year on the contract and they were reluctant to let him go before, but they are at the Champions League. So I guess that will be the narrative like that's spread from now till the end of the season. Yeah. And Ten Hag, presumably, it's a small fee to Ajax to release him. Fortunately, both of those guys have strong records yeah. of working with younger players yeah. and developing sides. Very strong records. Yeah. And I don't know, it's... um. 
taking the pulse of my Twitter timeline, which is no kind of scientific study at all, but there seems to be quite an anti-Pochettino yeah, me too. feeling out there. Yep. For me, he, he, he put, like taking that Spurs side and that group and developing those players yep. to a European Cup final side. Yeah. That's an amazing job he did there. Yeah. I know it all fell apart at the end, but that's happened to the best coaches. Yeah. And I, I, so, I think, well, most, most of them. I think the way, like what you say about developing the players is the most important because look at United. How many players have, have we truly developed into being proper players, proper, and just improving them to that in the same level that yeah. Pochettino can and, and Guardiola does and Klopp does. Like United's just don't do that with players like we we either buy great players in and they usually fail an academy player comes through looks good for a little bit and then tails off or like a, a young player comes in a bit like martial they look good for a bit and tail off marcus rashford is the prime example i mean exactly i i feel i know i know he also gets a lot of criticism but I'm, i just feel so sorry for the guy apart from the injuries uh he's had how many coaches rashford uh, rashford's had van hal Mourinho, Solskjaer. Oli, Carrick, Solskjaer, yeah, Ragnick. Ragnick. Yeah. Like, all different styles. Yeah. All, and, and look, he's got to take personal responsibility too. Yeah. And right now, his body language is pretty awful. It's not usual Marcus Rashford, is it? Yeah. And, and, but it, it's just like, it just feels like a symbol of what's happened. All this chopping and changing, different styles and philosophies, mm-hmm. no direction from above. And is it any wonder it's had an impact on the players? Exactly. Rashford last night looks, like you say, so bereft of, of confidence. And he looked, that was as, oh, about as uh, bad a cameo I've ever be seen. Out there. No. And like, I looked at his face and like I really tried to just zone in on him for a little bit just to see kind of what do you feel. And like there was one bit when he gave the ball away like, really simply. I just stared at him and he just like looked, like, looked at himself. Like, you know, when you kind of can tell where he's like, looking inward and he was just like, Oh, what am I doing? Like, what was that? And like, and I guess he's just thinking that all the time. And like, nothing's going right for me. There's a few players out there, but like that, Harry Maguire. There are a few players. I mean, Rashford. I mean, I guess we, he had this shoulder surgery in the summer, and he shouldn't have gone mm. to the Euros. He should have just had the surgery and missed the Euros because it was clear he wasn't part of Southgate's starting mm-hmm. plan anyway. So I think that has that's ruined the season. His back injury before that ruined the season yeah. basically, and and so. If he wants to progress in his career, he's got to do absolutely the right thing yeah. for him now, which is have the full summer off, come back, refocus, new manager in the summer, because that's the last chance. Yeah. Surely, if he's if he's bad next season, his contract is up in twenty four. Yeah. United would be thinking about selling. So, anyway, I, I am I being too down about this? I just I I, I can't find a way to see an obvious route back, especially if United are presumably at the Champions League next season it's... then then and with so many players leaving and the inability to do more than say three deals in a summer <laughs> it, it, it just feels like Champions League next season would then be a stretch as well and then the finances don't look good because they've lost 150 million pounds over the last two years of Covid basically and United are a cash machine so they'll keep keep creating Know, free cash flow and they will this season with fans back and everything but that's a 50 to 80 million pound hit well round of 16 50 million pound hit versus euro it's not nothing when i was talking to my mate darren richmond i guess friend of the show 
uh, yes, friend of the pods, yeah. At the, at the game, I was. We were, we were very short term with our gloom, and when you kind of put it yours, when you just put that out there in terms of that, I never even, I n- not even thought that long into the future about how how bad this kind of situation is. Like I was just thinking towards the end of the season, like for the fans going to games, how little there is to look forward to. Like you say, we've got a few big games before before the end of the season, but those big games haven't gone well. And I just can't see us finishing top four because we're just so inconsistent. I, I don't really know what Ramnik yeah. is actually doing there anymore. Like what's his purpose going to be towards the end of the season? Players don't really seem to be listening it, it to him. It doesn't even sound like he's in... Yeah, they're not listening to him and it doesn't sound like he's involved in the manager search. I mean, he said it straight up. I mean, he's lying to him. And the fans aren't really going to be massively behind him because he's not really done anything since coming in. So what's the point of that? Like, the only thing I can actually see... And it's this bunch of feckless idiots in the team. Are they going to be motivated? The only thing that I'm excited for before the end of the season is the FA Youth Cup final. And that's not even the senior team. Yeah. No, no. I mean, that's definitely United's biggest game uh, to come. It is, by far. It's the only game I'd actually want to go to. I mean, if, if United to get in the Champions League, given that Arsenal got three games in hand, I think we need to win nine of the ten, probably. <laughs> That's not happening. And the chances of that, Liverpool, Chelsea, and who's the other big one? Liverpool, Chelsea, and, and there's another big uh, one. That, yeah. like Arsenal, Arsenal. That's the six points. Away from but even if they go well, United are going to lose at home to Norwich yeah. or something. So I just, I can't see, I just can't see. I'm so sorry, folks, for being so doom and gloom, but I find it very hard to see a scenario in which United do qualify for the Champions League now. And m- most of my doom is about the players there. Partly about Ragnik and his ability to motivate mm-hmm. them for this. Part, I mean, but if we're feeling like this, hard it's hard to motivate ourselves for the rest of the season. I'm sure the players are feeling like that. And there's a bunch of yeah. them are leaving much as I love Paul Pogba and what he can produce on his best day, which hasn't been much recently, or maybe over the last <laughs> six years, depending on how you want to look at it, like his motivation for being absolutely brilliant from now until the end of the season, it's not much, is it? The only thing is that he might get a decent move, but then I imagine... I, it's already agreed, I imagine. Exactly, exactly. So what is the real point? Like... And then someone like Ronaldo as well. Like, it'd be nice to have a few moments before the end of the season, but he can just get himself up for a couple of games, I guess. Like, oh, this is kind of... He's self-motivated, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not too worried about him, you know, intention. Motivation, yeah, but his motivation is just scoring goals. I'm not sure he's that actually bothered about winning games or actually sticking to the kind of the tactical uh, instructions that Ranick's going to lay out for him as we probably saw last night with him just dropping into these yeah. spaces uh, well he had that conversation with Ragnick it was reported because his his agent George Mendez just reports everything back to the <laughs> newspapers <laughs> just everything he, yeah verbatim <laughs> here's the chat they had over zoom or whatever and then let's give it to our favorite journalists and yeah so apparently had that chat with Ragnick about playing two up front because Presumably, he feels that gives him the best chance of of uh, getting more goals. Yeah, well, but, uh, I guess that yeah. relies on So, it. yeah, his motivation is himself, for sure. I guess that relies on Cavani actually wanting to play as well. Actually being fit. And that's, I mean, Cavani, you can't see the motivation there because he's clearly going yeah. to leave for wherever, maybe one final season at Barcelona before he retires or whatever. And 
and that's speculation. But it, it feels like a good fit. Yeah, they love signing them type of players. And yeah, exactly. And in parts over the last two years, he's there's been mm-hmm. brilliant moments yeah. with Cavani, but he's just never fit. And he 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 says when he's fit rather yeah. than the doctors. And so his motivation to be fit now, I mean, Scott, we've got two weeks until the next game because the FA Cup and the, the international break. It's not got a game until April. He's going to come back from playing for injured. Uruguay, <laughs> injured or tired or wanting a f- few extra days off in Montevideo, beautiful city, <laughs> you know, don't yeah. blame him. Bit of sunshine. Yeah he, loves, yeah, he loves the nature and stuff as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Just sitting about having like fishing or something. I think that's what he wants his life to be does. now. Just, we've put ourselves in this position by, I mean, like Cavani, yeah, it was awesome. Like, like you said last season, there was some been some great moments with him. But to to then not bring in someone younger than him who they could rotate up up top, yeah, well, would have been that. Well, I suppose that's true. But we signed Ronaldo instead, and then basically meant that Cavani could only play. Ronaldo either doesn't want to, or we can only play in a two. But then the two doesn't always work, so. And then he's injured all yeah. the time and he's probably lost complete interest in playing for United and probably doesn't really want to play with Ronaldo either, to be fair. Part of this idea of a refresh, with Cavani going that saves 250 grand a week. If if somehow Ronaldo wanted to leave on a freebie, that would save United £30 million pounds next season. Lingard going, Pogba going, it's it's more than a million pounds a week off the, the wage bill, which is... Significant United's wage bill is like three hundred and thirty million a year, so that's a big chunk of it. Almost twenty percent, fifteen percent of the the wage bills going. That leaves a lot of headroom, I think. You know, especially if they could find some sensible freebies to augment whatever budget there is. Then, so I, I don't think it's a bad thing that Cavani's going, despite those brilliant moments. No, I think for the club as a whole, it'd make a sense if if Ronaldo left, but. I, I'm not sure the marketing folks would see it like that because his Instagram follower account's like 50 million or something. Yeah, this will be the perfect time to to revisit the wage structure as well because it's completely out of control. You see, you see Liverpool at the moment like haggling over Mo Salah's contract, but there's so much intelligence behind that 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 reasoning. Like obviously, a lot of Liverpool fans are getting really annoyed at their ownership for not just giving him the money that he wants, but. You do that, then Van Dyke does the same thing, and Trent does the same yes. thing, and Allison does the same thing. Yes, and you get a situation like Man United where we're paying ridiculous money to Jesse Lingard. Yes, because it all filters down, and you don't want the differential between the the bottom paid player and the top to be so big. Yeah. And then you can't get rid of him. So like Mar- like Martial, when we try to get rid of him, or if we I don't know if we need to get rid of Rashford or whatever, like. It's it's just become such a huge problem, and we're we're terrible at. And then you have players. to reduce your fee because yeah. because all every club looks at the total cost over the four year contract, mm-hmm. and and to sign Martial, you, you you most clubs who would want Martial, and he's not had a good time at Sevilla. So, what level is he looking at now? Yeah. Look at his wages and go. Well, we can't pay a fee, or we pay a very small fee as a result, yeah. and that's why they can't get rid of him. Same with Phil Jones. So same with Eric Bailly. Yeah. He's got to go as well. David De Gea's contract's up in 23. Honestly, that's a good thing. And knowing United and knowing their view of the market, where they go, hmm, the total cost of having David De Gea on a new four-year contract versus buying a keeper, <laughs> top keeper, and having him on a four-year... No, new, yeah, it'd be madness to put him on another contract, but they probably will. Yeah. Yeah. It, 
it's there is so much that needs to to change at this football club it's it's so scary well fish rots from the head down and clearly yeah. the glazers aren't going anywhere it would be nice if they decided to sell but who's the buyer in the current market i don't know yeah um, I, 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 if if um state owned is not the flavor of the month now i mean it was a couple of months ago when we let the saudis in to yeah that was fine take over newcastle yeah and Eddie Howe to become their principal PR guy. Yeah. I mean, they get that, that they are kind of two advantages of supporting United right now. Like, I'm look, I look at Newcastle, I don't think I could have supported United if the Saudis took over United. I'd have had a real problem Got with it. that. Got it, would be beyond disgusting, yeah. And we weren't owned by a Russian crook for 20-odd years where, during our most successful time in our history. So at least we've got a little, two things to be thankful for there. Like, no matter how much I hate the Glazers, at least they're involved in that kind of shit. Oh, they're just your your common your common old garden scumbag billionaires. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do they do do fundraisers for Donald Trump, so they were quasi state aligned for a, a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's it's a different level of scumbag, isn't it? Yeah, they're not financing the bombing over Yemen or the the war in Ukraine, at least. Well, I mean, they I, I suppose if they they could get into you know, scumbag arms manufacturing, they might, but they're, they're just in the fish canning business and then the the low-grade strip mall business before they got into sports. Yeah, yeah they would definitely be in BAE systems. As, God. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it, I, I suppose we're thankful that that isn't, doesn't look like that's United's future, but, we'd, but, but the future, given what we've seen of the past 16 years of Glazer ownership, coming up on 17... Is I mean there there have been windows when United have failed to make the Champions League that they've spent big mm-hmm. in order to get back into the Champions League. So maybe that's there's that motivation. There is a cash flow problem though, for sure. So unless they released equity in order to rather than pay themselves, uh, release some cash to the club, I can't see it. But there's an opportunity there. I, d- I think United have got a bit of headroom in the FFP, and if they were smart about getting some freebies in, because there's actually the 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 market for free transfers this summer is not bad. Yeah. Apart from Mbappe, I, I can't really see that one coming off. I mean, it would be... We'd, we'd somehow make him bad. We would, we would, yeah. 18th left winger in the side. <laughs> but uh, it's not really a left winger. <laughs> but there at the Frank Kessie, I think, would be a, a fine sign. For that reason, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Bubakar at Marseille is another, another of that kind of ilk of midfielders available. Pablo Dybala is available at... I don't know whether he'd fit in the United side Not or whether really, he's yeah. even that good, really. But there are a few freebies out there. Not the really top, top grade that uh, seem to only go to Paris Saint-Germain and, and uh, Real Madrid these days. You just, you hope that whoever does come in as well has, like, a big say on, on the transfers. I mean, I guess a, a properly ran club, you would want the director of football to be doing a lot of that stuff. But, yeah, we're not a properly ran club. and I'd... You want it all synced up? You're an owner, director of football, and head coach, all synced up. I think that you? might be a wise idea, but that's just my yeah. I know that's quite out there and quite controversial, but yeah, I reckon radical structure for uh, yeah, a football. Yeah, club. I, I'm a radical guy. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I've no idea if Murtaugh's any good at his job. I mean, if he's had any say over the last ten years, he's not very good. But I suspect <laughs> he's not had much power over much of that time because he's not been in this position. So I guess that's like. The upbeat viewer thing says Richard Ardell now in there. It seems like from the noises coming out of the club, rather than his ego running things, he wants the right people in the right jobs and he's going to actually be a CEO and delegate power. 
I, I don't know whether Ragnit has any power in this consultancy role, but if he has any say and they listen to him, he's obviously helped build clubs, different mm-hmm. structures of clubs, but has done that rather than the coaching. Yeah. So his technocratic skills would suddenly become very useful then. Yeah. And and maybe they get this this summer and the next few right. Because if they do that, that's the route back to being at the top. You know, because United generate the cash to compete with most clubs. <laughs> and and if they can just get the right signings and the right coach to inspire these feckless shites that are in the team, yeah. then my, my language is getting coarser throughout this because I'm annoying myself. And I don't think that... I don't think most United fans want to win. Well, they do want to win the league in three years. But I think what would be enough for most United fans is if we are competing with Liverpool and City in three or four years. Like, winning the league is is a big ask in the next three or four years if Pep Guardiola and, and Klopp are still at them clubs because they're, yeah. they're the two best managers in the world. They're two very well-structured football clubs, unfortunately, as well. But if we can get anywhere near them in the next three or four years i'd i'd be very happy with that and and it looks like we're on a good trajectory and it looks like the next 10 years we're going to be at the same level i'd be happy with that but right now we are a million miles off we might have finished second last season but no well some people i guess maybe did think we could maybe compete with those two i think they were very naive in in that thinking just because we signed ronaldo but but it would take so so much of this football club to be restructured the new players to come in the manager to do the right thing for us to get anywhere near competing with City and Liverpool it almost feels fanciful to to, to say we're going to be at that level in three or four years because it just and it shouldn't be I don't even like I'm not saying we should win the league in three or four years which is so long but we are miles away you can definitely close it I mean we're 20 points behind City we've averaged 19 points behind City since Ferguson left. So it's not just that they've overtaken us, they've just completely obliterated mm-hmm. us on the pitch. Off the pitch, actually, their revenues were bigger the last time out. So, although we know why that's juiced <laughs> yeah. quite a bit, and not, not putting much store in their accounting. But the 20 points is just, it's damning. Our ambition, God, it's sickening to say, should be to at least get that gap down to single digits. Yeah. And it feels very David Moyes, but it's just a realistic thing at the moment. Yeah. All right, so we haven't even got a game at the weekend to look forward to. It's it's two weeks off. No game at the weekend because it should have been a game against Liverpool. Anfield, that would have been a good one, wouldn't it, to get the mood up? No, no, we wouldn't. <laughs> no, but that's cancelled because they are still in competitions, including the FA Cup. And sadly, Liverpool and City are both heading towards a treble. They can't both win it. Hope. Yeah. Pray to God. I'm not even religious, but I might believe in God if they could stop one of those <laughs> winning the treble. Yeah. Yeah, so United got this and then it's international break. Yeah. So we don't have a game until Leicester on the 2nd of April. It's a relief for everyone probably listening to this pod, to be honest. Yeah, don't have to listen to us moaning and bitching. <laughs> well, I guess there's that. I was thinking more that they don't have to watch United, but yeah, okay. Maybe a bit of both. Yeah, alrighty. I guess we'll leave it there. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Sorry. Very sorry. So we've got, what have, what have we got next? What's the next few games? We've got Leicester City, and then I don't know what comes after that. There's a, there's Everton, a, is when it? Do they re- Leicester, Everton, Norwich, Liverpool, Arsenal, Brentford, Brighton, Chelsea, and Palace. Is the nine, only nine games left. It's almost over the season. <sighs> Joy. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks a lot.